We haven't quite finished John chapter 8, so it could be short today. Who wants an early coffee? <laughs> Praise the Lord. We'll see how we go, because we've, we've almost got to the end last week. So, we'll just see. We'll, we'll see how we go. i got all day. Everyone's going to stick here all day? I don't know. I want to have lunch at some point, so that's all good. All right. So, let's, let's talk about Jesus. Why not? Uh, we're going through the Gospel of John, and uh, John chapter 8 is all about Jesus, the freedom giver. The freedom giver. Quite appropriate with what I just said. Uh, Jesus brings freedom to all of our lives. And uh, let's recap where we've gotten up to if you've missed the last couple of uh, weeks. Jesus has had the encounter at the start of um, John chapter 8 with the woman caught in the act of adultery. And then he's declared that he is the light of the world. And the religious leaders then start to question his authority um, using the law because that's all they've got to lean on because that's what they know. So they're using the law to try and trick Jesus and they pick on this law. They say, you need two witnesses. If you're going to declare something, you need two witnesses and then it's truth. But if you've only got one witness, so Jesus is up there saying, I'm the light of the world, saying who he is. Who's your second witness? And uh, Jesus then declares that he knows where he came from. He knows where he's going. And that his heavenly father, God the father, is the second witness. Do you think those religious people like that? (laughs) They didn't believe he was the son of God. And so they didn't want to hear about God being his father. And so they keep on asking him and asking him, you know, where is your father? Who is he? We want to see him. But they just didn't realize, they just refused to accept the truth that he's talking about God the father. That is his father. And and so um, Jesus' response is to declare, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. So he's saying to them, you don't know God because you don't know me. And if you don't know me, you don't know my father. And they were deeply insulted because religious people, they're like the religious leaders, think that they're so close to God and so perfect and following the law and pleasing God. And so they just weren't open to receive what Jesus was presenting. And and then he starts to confuse the religious leaders again. He declares that he's going somewhere that they couldn't come. So they're like, oh, is he going on holidays? Is he going to commit suicide? What's he doing to himself that we can't be there with him? And we know that Jesus didn't commit suicide. We know that he died on a cross. But, and so we know that. But the last declaration was that they would die in their sins if they did not believe who he was. And that's what we learn from Jesus, isn't it? We die in our sins if we don't believe in Jesus. We need to receive him in this life make a decision to follow and love Jesus all the days of our lives and follow his teaching and be encouraged by him, supported by him in this life so that we don't die in our sins and and don't have eternal life with him in the next life. So it's important. So they continued in their density. They're quite dense, these religious leaders. Despite being quite intelligent with their law, they couldn't receive... it It was like a force shield or a barrier blockage where they just nothing could penetrate this shield of law it's probably the best illustration i can give and and so they didn't receive what jesus was saying so they continued being dense and they kept on asking who jesus was i mean how many times does jesus have to say i am i'm the light of the world i'm the son of the most high king how many times does he have to say it obviously forever because it's never penetrating their law shield so they keep asking him who he is and jesus I think he was growing tired of repeating himself. So he changes tact and he refers to his eventual death by crucifixion uh, and resurrection. So he, he changes tact and tells them what's to come. 
the Son of Man will be lifted up. Uh, he's going to be crucified. He's going to resurrect and conquer sin and death. So some of the group at that point made a decision to believe in him. Praise God. That's awesome. Uh, there were still many that didn't. And just tell them I'm busy. It's all right. Uh, he urged those that now chose to believe in him, the ones that have just made a decision for Jesus, he's urging them now to continue in his teaching as God's truth is what will set them free from being slaves to sin. And once again, the Jewish, leaders, uh, Jewish religious leaders, they took offense. They weren't happy. They didn't like it. Uh, so the Jewish leaders thought they were favored by association. And this happens even in this, like now in this generation. Um, and, and they talked about the lineage to Abraham. But you and I know we, we can't be forgiven by association. And I talked about my kids. I love my kids, Melody and Timothy. But they can't grow up and say, well, daddy was a pastor, mummy was a pastor, so we're all good. That's not how it works. They need to, and it's our responsibility, and even the church, you know, takes a village, to help these kids come to a personal relationship with Jesus and accept him as their Lord and Saviour for themselves. Not because mummy and daddy said so or because we do. And that's the challenge of pastors' kids. There's this expectation, isn't there, that they're perfect and they're going to be little angels and everything's going to be brilliant. And, I mean, that'd be nice. Uh, but the truth is they have their struggles and challenges just like every other child does. And uh, we've got to support them. But we can't be forgiven by association. That's not how it works. We finished off last week um, declaring how each person must make a personal decision to follow Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. You've got to do it for yourself. You've got to come to that conclusion yourself and make that call. Not because someone said, not because mum said or dad said, or even because pastor said. It's got to be like, oh, that just feels right for me and I need to make that choice. And then you do it of your own volition and then it means so much more. When you make a decision because of the influence of other people, um, it's not as strong and healthy. Now, obviously, God's going to use us to reach out to people and encourage people to make a decision. Don't stop doing that. But it's leading them to a place where they make that decision for themselves. That's what we're doing. So, we pick it back up again in John chapter 8. The scriptures are going to be on the screen. That was our recap. Uh, verses 48 to 51. So, let's read this together. I'm reading from New King James Version. Uh, the scriptures are on the notes online or they're on the screen if you want to follow along that way. So, then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Oh, lovely. <laughs> Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, I love how they, most assuredly happens at a lot of the start of Jesus' sentences because it's like, without a doubt. You can't argue this. This is what it is. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Because we receive everlasting life, don't we? When we follow his word, we spoke about it in communion. When we, when we have his word in our hearts, we have life. So, uh, having run out of arguments, the religious leaders are starting to run out of arguments. So they start to act like little children. Who has had little children before? Or who still has little children? James, you are still a little child. And uh, children act just a bit different sometimes, don't they? When they don't get what they want or they run out of arguments, they, they, they resort, resort to, like this for here, it's name-calling. 
So they say to Jesus, they use the two worst insults that they could think of. They called Jesus a Samaritan because he's a Jew, you know, and the Jews and the Samaritans are not best friends. And so to call him a Samaritan is an insult. But then they also um, say that he's demon-possessed, not just a Samaritan, but demon-possessed. So they're pointing the finger at him. And and they're saying this likely in reaction to what Jesus had just said about them. (laughs) They didn't like it. In spite of what they thought and said about him, Jesus continued to honour God. See, Jesus could have lashed out there, you brood of vipers and smite them and whatever. But that's not Jesus, is it? (laughs) Jesus wasn't seeking glory for himself. He was seeking to introduce people to the Father so they wouldn't spend eternity in hell. And is that not what we are called to do today? Is to share Jesus with people because we've got the motivation that we don't want you to end up in hell for eternity. It's a real place. So many people are in denial in this world right now that there's a life after this, but they're going to get a bad shock. It's going, to be, it's going to be shocking when they die if they haven't made a choice for Jesus. And so I don't know about you, but I'm motivated more than ever. We've got to share Jesus with people. We've got to tell them about his goodness. We've got to tell them that it's not just this religious thing. It's just a way of life. It's choosing to put your life in the arms of your Savior and trust him. Hand over the reins, not needing to be in control anymore because he is in control of our lives. That's the encouragement that we need to do. So when you have a choice to make, I want to ask you this. Do you, are you the kind of person that thinks about all the options, how they'll affect you, how they'll make you look when you make that choice? Because that's what's happening um, here. Or do you consider how your actions will put God in the limelight? That's what Jesus is doing. He's not bringing attention to himself, but he's turning them to God the Father. See, man, and, and no one in this church, because our church is awesome, but man... want to be in the limelight. They want attention on them. Look at me. Look how I'm achieving. Look at the car I'm driving. Look at the job I have. Look at how I've earned all this money. Look at how I'm taking care of my family. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I should do the Kimmy version. Look at my... Uh, That's what the world in general is like. But we're set apart, aren't we? We've been changed. We've been redeemed. Our life has been renewed. We're new creations. And we don't have those desires anymore. Our desire is to bring glory to God. So in everything that we do, we need to have that attitude of we're bringing glory to Jesus, glory to our Heavenly Father. So Jesus always chose that second option, seeking to bring glory to God the Father and not himself. And we need to do the same in everything that we do. Not to brag, not to boast, not to say, look at me, but to look at God. Everything I do, it's because he's blessed me and he's made a way for me. So look at him. He's awesome. All right. Watch where you're looking. That's the encouragement. Are you looking, are we navel gazing, looking at ourselves and our belly button fluff? Or are we looking at, uh, this is a personal joke between me and Trevor. Uh, Or are we... Or are, we, or are our eyes fixed on Jesus? Because I want to encourage you, fix your eyes on him. Let's not navel gaze. Let's not think about how does this position me, but how does this position the kingdom of God? All right, verses 52 to 56. Yeah, it is gross, isn't it? It's gross. Anyway. <laughs> then the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. So they won't move from this insult, will they? Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, 
and the prophets and, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham with many sons? With many sons had father Abraham. Okay. Who is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? So they were deeply insulted now because Abraham is everything to them. Abraham is everything. And Jesus is daring to declare that he knows Abraham. It goes on. Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So they're declaring that Jesus must be a madman. He has a demon. He's a shocker. He, he, he goes against everything that we believe. These Jews thought Jesus was crazy. We might say cray-cray. That's what we say today. Cray-cray. Crazy. Claiming to be better than men of God like Abraham. How dare he declare that? And, and, and all the Old Testament prophets. Like, who is this man that he can declare these things? They all died. Nobody could prevent death because it was inevitable. But Jesus conquers sin and death further down the track. The Jewish leaders stick to their conviction that they were God's children by descent from Abraham. And likewise, Jesus never wavered in pointing them back to his relationship with God. God is the one who sent him and shows his people his glory. Their physical ancestor Abraham saw the time when Jesus would be there on earth. Abraham was, spoke to the great I am, remember? So he's seen it. He knows what's coming. He knows what's ahead. He knew that Jesus would come because it was promised in the line of his uh, children. So, verses 57 to 59, as we come to a close of John chapter 8, it says this. Then the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, there it is again, without a doubt. I say to you, before Abraham was, big capital letters, I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him because they were annoyed. <laughs> but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. I love that. He literally just, it says he, 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 he went out of the temple, but then he went through the midst of them. He wasn't afraid because he knew, again, we've talked about this before, it wasn't his time. It wasn't his time to die. So he knew he wouldn't die. So I don't know whether he put on a... Who watches superhero movies? A cloak of invisibility or something like that. He put something on that made the people go, that's not him. Like they didn't, And he just went right through. God protected him somehow and he got away. And they were, they were riled up. Can you imagine being in that crowd? Imagine being one of the religious leaders in the crowd. You'd be annoyed if someone's coming right against your doctrine, right against everything you've ever learned and believed and declaring that he's the son of God. I mean, that, blasphemy, that'd be yelling out, blasphemy, you know, murder him, stone him, whatever. They'd be yelling a lot of abuse. It wouldn't just be this pretty little like it is now and everyone's listening and I'm talking. No, nah. there would have been like 99% hecklers <laughs> throwing stuff, maybe rotten tomatoes. I don't know what they had back then. But it wouldn't, what's that? Yeah, that's it. So... It wouldn't have been pleasant, let's put it that way, and it wouldn't have been comfortable, but Jesus was declaring truth, 
and some believed. And what Jesus would say is, you know what, the small portion of people that chose to believe because of that address that I just did was worth it for them. That's why we run church, you know. Even if it's just for one person to say yes to Jesus in this place, doing a whole service for that one person is worth it. You know, I love all you guys and we'll keep doing services for all of you, but for the one lost sinner that comes in through the doors, if we can encourage them, if we can have relationship and build friendship and, and encourage them along the pathway of accepting Jesus, and they do, man, it's worth doing what we do, isn't it, when we see that happen. So Abraham lived 2,000 years before, and Jesus was only in his mid-30s. So how could Abraham have seen someone who wouldn't have been born for a couple of millennia? <laughs> That's what they're asking themselves. All this talk was enough to drive anyone mad, but what Jesus meant, was that he didn't have a beginning. He, what the, how does John start? In the beginning was the Word. Hmm. He didn't have a beginning. He existed before Abraham. And the people understood exactly what Jesus was saying, that he is God, and that's why they tried to stone Jesus for blasphemy. But Jesus was able to hide and, in the crowd and escape. And, and so that brings us to the end of John chapter 8. But before I do a chapter summary, I thought it would be really appropriate. We just said, I am. There's a scene. Who's seen the Prince of Egypt? It's like an animated version of um, Moses and let my people go. And yeah, thumbs up. There we go. I'm going to show you. Can we get the lights and make sure the volume's up? Uh, the scene where Moses encounters God in the burning bush. And it's, I am, you know, and it's, it's intense. It's really cool to see it. So here we go. Here I am. Take the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you stand is holy ground.
Lord's death. I am the God of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Shook him up a little bit, do you think? <laughs> wow. 
such an incredible encounter. It says in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 14, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Wow. Wow. Jesus is a young old man, isn't he? Because <laughs> he knows Abraham. He knows what was before. He knows what's ahead because he was there in the beginning. The great I am sends us into our world to make a difference in people's lives, to encourage people to say yes to him and encounter him just like that. The way that Moses had that burning bush encounter, we, we can have moments like that too in his presence where God comes and speaks to us and, and touches our lives and empowers us to do all that he's called us to do. But will you be someone that represents the great I am? That's the challenge today. Are you going to be someone in your world, in your space, to represent the great I am, to, to share the news of the gospel, to share the news of Jesus? So let's wrap up John chapter 8. We started with uh, when the religious leaders brought a woman um, caught in adultery. They brought her to Jesus and he, f- he forgave her for her sins instead of punishing her. The, the religious leaders tried to trick Jesus, didn't they? They were trying to get him to be put in a position where he couldn't get out of. But I love how he wrote in the sand. Remember, he wrote, wrote in the dirt. And uh, we don't know what he was writing, but I remember talking about how wouldn't it be awesome if it was the sins of all the religious leaders that he was writing in there? And that's why one by one, Jesus said to them, you know, if you condemn this woman and want to throw the first stone, let he who has without sin be the first person to throw. And he's down riding in the, the sins of the, the religious leaders. Maybe. We don't know what he was writing. But one by one they left. And he asked her, Who's, where are your accusers gone? And she said, no one is accusing me, Lord, and neither do I. Go and sin no more. So he forgave her and set her free because he's a freedom giver. Then Jesus is the light of the world. He declares it, and he shows people that their sins. Who shows people their sins and what God is like? Because light shines on darkness, doesn't it? And so when light shines on darkness, it's not hidden anymore. That's why confessing your sins is the best thing you can do. And I'm not saying you've got to come and tell me all your bad stuff, but talk to someone, talk to God, ask for forgiveness. And when it comes out in the light, it's amazing how quickly God can deal with things. But when we keep things in secret, uh, I think I used this illustration, didn't I, about mold. Like when it's in the darkness, it just grows and festers and gets bigger and more feral and yuck. Um, kind of like the belly button fluff if you don't deal with it. So, so you've given me great illustrations today, Trev. It's brilliant. Uh, but yeah, It did backfire, yes. Uh, when the light shines, it's brighter. And it can be dealt with, and it's not hidden anymore. So let's welcome Jesus, the light of the world, into our life to shine his light on every aspect of our life. If we want to be representatives of the great I am, we need to let the light of God into our life and shine on every aspect and deal with every nook and cranny that's within us. And we all have them. So people who don't believe in Jesus will die in their sins instead of gaining eternal life. And we don't want that for anyone. We, want, we don't want people to die in their sins. We want people to, to believe in Jesus, believe in their heart, confess with their mouth and be saved. Uh, and we're going to pray for people in just a moment. Freedom from slavery to sin comes from knowing Jesus and the truth of God's word. If you want to be free, if you want to be free from every chain, 
If you want chains broken in your life, you've got things holding you back, things that are holding you down, things that are keeping you from being where you know you're meant to go, come to Jesus because freedom from slavery to sin comes from knowing him and the truth of God's word. So you have that opportunity to make a decision today. And then when Jesus claimed um, deity, he's claiming that he's God, uh, by saying he existed before Abraham and the religious leaders tried to stone him, but he was stealth and went through the crowds and got away because it wasn't his time yet. I've got one more video I want to show you as we come to a close. It's a bit intense. There's a bit of flickering, so I don't know if anyone's triggered by it. I just thought I'd better mention that because there's a bit of flickering on the screen. If you need to look away and just listen, that's fine because there's spoken word as well. Okay, so we get the lights and just one more time. Before I created the heavens and the earth, I was. When the earth and everything in it passes away, I will be. I hold the universe together from the smallest atom to the greatest galaxy. It all is in my hands. The sun is hidden in my shadow. I have set the earth on its foundations and I rest my feet upon it. I stir the waters of the oceans with my fingers and shake the mountains with my breath. I am entirely holy and completely other. There are none before me and none like me who can question what I have done or what I will do. My kingdom is eternal and shall exist forevermore. I am the ruler over the kings of the earth. I am the prince of peace. I am the king of kings, the righteous king, the king of the Jews, the king of glory, the king of the ages, the king of heaven, and I am the Lord of lords. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am Jehovah Jireh, I will provide. I am Jehovah Rapha, I will heal. I am Jehovah Mekadesh, I will sanctify. I am Jehovah Rohi, I am your shepherd. I am the most high God, your deliverer, your redeemer and savior. I am your shield and your strength and your defender, the eternal and everlasting God. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there's no Savior. Beside me there's no God. Angels and heavenly beings worship me upon my throne, and I will not give my glory unto another. I will not share my creation. I am a jealous God and a consuming fire. I am the commander of the heaven's armies, and before me kingdoms crumble and rulers kneel. I am your harbor in the tempest. I am safety for the tempted and tried. I have come to set the captives free, to strengthen the weak, to heal the lame, to cause the blind to see. I have come to give you life and breath to breathe. I have come that you might know me. I have come that you might know my limitless love and endless goodness, my measureless mercy and never-ending grace. My forgiveness knows no boundaries, and my acceptance sees no imperfections, nor color, nor race, nor wealth, nor poverty. In me you are made clean, and through me you are sanctified. I am indescribable, incomprehensible, irresistible, and invincible. The heavens cannot contain my glory, death cannot consume me, life cannot outlast me. All knees will bow before me, and at my name every tongue will confess. Every tongue will confess that I am the great I am. Every tongue will confess that I am the God of gods.
if that doesn't encourage you, I don't know what will. God of gods, King of kings, Lord of lords, amen. Beth, would you come up and play for us? That would be great. Uh, we serve the great I am, and he's come to do, be all those things and more. And uh, all we need to do is accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, and then we've got that on our side. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? God is our King, and he just wants your heart. And uh, I think back to when I surrendered my life to Jesus. I was 17. I wish I'd done it earlier, but that was just when it worked for me. And uh, life has not been the same. Life is, And I wasn't a bad kid, so I wasn't one of those, you know, down and out on the street, stealing stuff, whatever. That's not my story. Uh, there are people in this room that have that story, but it's not my story. Uh, I was a good kid. I was brought up with good morals. I wasn't brought up in a Christian home but I was taught to be well-mannered and all those things, which are important. But I didn't know about having a personal relationship with God. And uh, when I surrendered my life to him, I did it because I went on this youth camp that I was invited on and I saw the kids there had something that I didn't have. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't explain it, couldn't describe it, but there was just something about them that was different. And one of my really good friends uh, spoke to me about Jesus and accepting him as your personal Lord and Saviour and that you can have a personal relationship with Him. See, I'd gone to religious schools like Anglican colleges and stuff throughout my schooling, so I knew of Jesus, but I was never taught or told that I could have Him as a friend, that I could have Him as a personal relationship one-on-one with me. I never understood that. But when I finally surrendered my life to Him, I had what those other kids had and I knew that all of a sudden my life was new that I was a new creation, that things were different and I've served in the church ever since. I never thought I'd be a pastor, but here I am. (laughs) Everyone would say to me and speak words over me as I was a young Christian, oh, you're going to be a pastor one day. You're going to lead people. And I'm like, no, that's not me. That's not me. But God had other ideas and he's got great ideas for all of us. And uh, if you haven't accepted Jesus, I want to encourage you, if you're online, and or if you're watching this later after we post it, you can't do anything better than make a decision for Jesus in your life. I think it's the single most important decision that we ever make as human beings. And so I want to encourage you today. And, and the way I want to encourage you is I want to read words from the book of John and Revelation kind of mishmashed together. That's what we kind of just saw on the screen. But the great I am, he, I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the first and the last. I am which was, which is, and which is to come. And at all that shall come to pass uh, is in me. I am the light of the world. I am the door for the sheep. I am the bread of life. I am the true vine, not one of deceit. It's not going to lie to you and let you down. I am he that lives and was dead. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I ask you to please feed my lambs. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the true and living way. I'm the resurrection and the life. Hear my voice today. I am come in my Father's name. I am he who uh, searches the hearts and the reins. I am gone to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be there too. I'm coming again to receive you unto myself. Be ready when I come or right here you'll be left. I am the great I am. He's making a place for each and every one of us and He longs for us 
to make a decision for Him. And you can see on the screen a scripture, Romans 10, 9. This is how simple it is. It's not about being religious like those religious leaders that Jesus was talking to and you had to follow 600 and whatever Torah rules to even get a look in. We're not about check boxes and ticking and following rules in this church. We are simply about Jesus. And the scripture says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We all need saving. Without Jesus, we're missing something. We all break the law. We all make mistakes. We lie. We, we, we steal. We, we, we do things like even taking a little pencil from the office. you know. Or you might call it a white lie. The point is, if we do it once, we're a liar. If we do it once, we're a thief. And we can't pay the price for that. We, there's nothing we can do because the wages of sin, it says in the Bible, is death. And I don't want to die. <laughs> Not because of that. But that's what will happen. When we die, if we don't accept Jesus, the wages of sin is death and we end up in eternity in hell. I don't want people to go to that place. I want people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior in this life who paid the price for us with his life. The wages of sin is death. Well, Jesus' death pays your penalty. And that's why we need a personal relationship with him, to accept him and to love him to follow Him all of our days and follow His teaching. And that's why we're going through the book of John, following the life of Jesus and all that He does and has done and will do. So if you're in this place, could we bow our heads? If you're at home, don't tune out in this moment because this is for you too. Maybe you've strayed away from God. Maybe you've, maybe you've got some distance now between you and your faith. For whatever reason, stuff's happened. Maybe you've never made a choice for Jesus. Maybe you've done it before and you need to recommit your life today. Well, you have that opportunity in this moment. We do it at every service at Vineyard Christian Church, encouraging people to accept Jesus. So if that's you and you want to surrender your life to Him, you want to rededicate your life to Him, even if you're online at home, I want you to lift up your hand. God sees your hand at home and I see your hand in this place here. We're going to pray together as a church. And it's not about the prayer, but it's about the heart confession that we're making this morning. So if that's you and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, would you just lift up your hand so I can see? We want to pray. I see that hand over there. That's great. We want to pray with you this morning that you would accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and live your life for Him. So just one more time, if that's you in this moment, fantastic. Church, let's pray this together. Let's encourage people that have raised their hands. People online at home can pray this with us as well. Say it after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you came and that you died for me. You gave your life for me so that I could live. So I now confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. I will follow you all the days of my life because I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And so I choose to follow you. I choose to live for you. I choose to acknowledge you as Lord and I'm going to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we thank God for people that have said that prayer to recommit their lives or maybe it's the first time. God is good. Amen. Amen. All the time. You know what else is good? It's not as good as God, but coffee. Coffee's good. Uh, before we go to coffee, 
I need to tell you about connect groups. So we have uh, some great connect groups running in our church. Anita runs a Bible study. She's down with the kids today. So if you want to join her Bible study, it's on a Tuesday night at 7 o'clock at Miss Hawkins' residence. Uh, so you could see Jacqueline as well, and, and she can tell you about it if you want to join that one. Uh, Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock, we have a, uh, a women's Bible study here run by Beth and Heather. Where's Heather hiding? Here? No, she's right here. Well, you're hiding because I couldn't see you yet. But there you are. So Heather runs that. So see them. That's at 9.30 on a Wednesday. Uh, we also have a new ladies group because there's lots of ladies and they all want to gather and talk. As you noticed in our Minute to Mingle, it's mainly the ladies that keep talking. I'm in trouble. I'm so in trouble. On Tuesdays at 9.30 as well, isn't it? 9.30 at Beth Morrison's place, which is McGrath, 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 not McGrath, McGrath Street. It's really just around the corner here. McGrath Lane, because it's, you know, like that. Like Cherry Tree Lane. Mary Poppins, if you, anyway, it's all good. Don't worry. I've got kids. We just watched Mary Poppins. I've got Cherry Tree Lane in my head. Uh, and it's on a Tuesday at 9.30. So if you're interested in that, uh, we've got, who's here? Merle it, it goes to that group. Jacqueline's going there, a few others. So if you want to have another point of connection, you know, you can go to more than one. It's okay. Because it's about connection, isn't it? Um, I'm going to start a youth Bible study, apparently, <laughs> in term four. And so I'll tell you more about that when that starts too. So if you're young like me, I got it in there. I don't know. Turn 45 when Pastor Ben comes. I've got a baby face, so that's all good. So we're going to start one for the youth as well. I'm done. That's enough blabbering, I think. Ready for coffee? Let's have fellowship. Be blessed. Enjoy the rest of your day.